Welcome to the Islam Unraveled Anti-Racist uh, Initiative podcast. Uh, our guest today, Harman Singh Pander. Thank you, Harman, and thank you for joining us. I know you're very busy, and uh, uh, I know last week you said you were invited by the Peel District, which is a large Peel District uh, or a school district in Ontario. And uh, so maybe just for introductions, you're an award-winning author and, uh, uh, you know, work in the community, uh, youth work and uh, anti-racist work. So let's start off with introducing yourself. Yeah, thank you, Tarek. Uh, pleasure to be here with you. Um, uh, like you said, my given name is Harmohanjit Singh Pandair, and, uh, uh, but I go by uh, Harman. And uh, I'm sitting here in my classroom in uh, the Surrey School District uh, at Beaver Creek Elementary School. I've, I've actually been teaching at this school and this classroom for the past uh, 15 years. Um, I have a grade five class, um, and, uh, but I live in Burnaby uh, and grew up in Burnaby, uh, went to school there uh, and uh, went on to UBC where I got my degree in, uh, in English literature, a Bachelor of Arts, and uh, went on to do a teaching uh, degree, a Bachelor of Education, and uh, I was a student teacher in Burnaby, became a substitute teacher, a teacher on call um, in Burnaby and Surrey. Quickly found full-time uh, work here in Surrey in a full-time position. Um, a unique part of my job is that I also teach Punjabi. So I'm a homeroom teacher and I teach all subjects, uh, you know, math, language arts, social studies, but also Punjabi. Uh, and uh, that's a language option for students at, at Beaver Creek Elementary. And there's about a half dozen other elementary schools in Surrey where Punjabi is uh, offered as a language option in a, in a, um, uh, along with French. And of course, kids can then take uh, Punjabi as they go into high school. So that's a unique part of my job. I enjoy teaching all subjects and enjoy doing sports. Uh, kind of dressed for some sports today. We were out running. Um, we, you know, we do a running club outside. Uh, unfortunately, can't coach this year. We don't have teams going this year like we have, we've had in the past because of the pandemic. There's no organized um, school versus school sports. But that's a big part of my life. Sports, basketball, soccer, volleyball, uh, badminton, you name it. I coach it all and I play it all. Um, and writing is a big passion for me. Um, you mentioned I'm an author, and I know we're going to talk about my book um, some more today, and I've got it here with me. Um, Gurpreet goes to Gurdwara, understanding the sick place of worship. So uh, writing has been a passion of mine for years. Um, it began with poetry. Uh, poetry was my first love. Uh, writing in high school and uh, when I was in uh, at UBC I actually published my uh, first book and it was a book of poetry and wow. so that was oh about uh, 20 years ago uh, with my first book uh, um, and it was about uh, my identity as a Sikh Canadian our community's history um, our our beliefs and values um, and the whole, I, I guess, evolution of our community um, from India to Canada and um, uh, celebrating that, really. Um, so that book was called Sugar, Steel and the Maple Leaf, the poems of a young Sikh Canadian. 
and yeah, like I said, 20 years ago, I was a, <laughs> I was a young, sick Canadian. Uh, I, now I'm, I'm the next generation now, and I'm working with, you know, those youth uh, in our community now to, uh, to, uh, for them to take the torch and uh, and continue, uh, you know, doing the, the good work in the community. So more uh, now, I'm working more on that mentorship side. And, uh, and um, in a lot of the community service I do. But like I said, the, it was writing was a passion and it led to, it led to this picture book, uh, which has um, uh, opened a, lo a lot of doors for me to, to, to get that message of uh, understanding and acceptance, inclusion, diversity, you know, to a, to a larger audience. So it's been a great tool that way uh, for work that I was doing Anyway, for years uh, around anti-racism and multiculturalism, uh, but I could use my talent uh, uh, of writing uh, to, um, to to get it to a larger audience and, and to reach kids. You know, this is a picture book uh, that I've published now, and so it's uh, allowed me to connect with with kids. You know, in classrooms across the province, and you mentioned the Peel School District. So the second largest uh, school district in Ontario, and uh, and as part for April, we just uh, finished uh, finished uh, Sikh Heritage Month. Is wow. um, you know that's that was proclaimed uh, a few years back by the government of Canada that April was Sikh Heritage Month, and the government of Canada was the first to 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 recognize Sikh Heritage Month anywhere in the world, and wow. uh, so. I was asked along with some other authors uh, to, to do um, a presentation um, uh, for the Peel School District in Brampton, Mississauga. Um, and uh, there was over 800 schools, um, sorry, 800, over 800 classes um, online uh, when I did a live read aloud and um, a book talk and a, and a question and answer. So that was the biggest one I've done so far uh, because I, if there's 800 classes, it'd probably be about at least 16,000 students out there watching, you know? So it was, uh, that, that was great uh, to be able to reach an audience like that. And so we finished April and now I'm here and talking to you. So it's, uh, it's great. And, and I'm sure, um, and, you know, you mentioned award-winning, and and we'll talk more about this. It's hard to see maybe on the screen right now, but it's uh, it's the anti-racism award that um, I was honored to receive from the um, provincial government uh, for um, work that I've done in the community and um, and and the work that this uh, this book has allowed me to do um, and it being used as an anti-racist tool um, in in classrooms. Uh, and by, by parents. Um, so the, the award was given for um, intercultural trust. That's the category that I got it for, for building intercultural trust between communities to helping to, um, to, to reduce um, um, hatred in our community, really racism, hatred, and to combat that in some way. So, uh, yeah, it was, I'm honored to, to have received that. And it's a big responsibility. And I know you're doing uh, great work in, in, in that field too. So um, it, it's humbling uh, knowing how much is being done out there. And I was you know, singled out uh, 
there was five people to receive an award this year. But I, like I've worked with so many amazing people who, who are um, you know, kind of boots on the ground doing this work day in, day out. Uh, so I couldn't have done it with, without all the volunteers and uh, activists that I've worked with uh, along the way. Well, I, I will say, uh, obviously, passion and, and your intention uh, from early on, like to, to really impact uh, people in a meaningful way, uh, interculturally, and, uh, and choosing that arc of your life from English literature, uh, and then education, and then being able to, to, to reach out to the next generation and be an educator, and then communicating in languages not only through writing, but but all through through sports, because you can relate with people in multiple ways. And some people, you don't really have to talk much, but playing with them, playing uh, sports with them is, is a form of communication and a form of teaching as well. And uh, and so I can see on multiple fronts, your your intentionality of your work uh, throughout your life seems uh, uh, really passionate and compassionate towards uh, uh, intercultural work, but also uh, the next generations, which are going to take up the baton after us. Yeah, thank you, Tark. And I, um, you know, I I believe we all have a, an artist inside of us. We all have an athlete. We all, we, we, you know, we we have these sides to us. And uh, I um, I take just as much passion as you know when I'm when I'm involved in my you know art and writing as I do when I'm out on the basketball court. You know, these are all. It's uh, I think it makes us a well-rounded person, right? Um, and um, you know the, and I think we all need to nurture those parts of us, right? The spiritual side, uh, our physical well-being, mental, uh, cultural well-being. All of those are important. Um, one of the um, initiatives I'm involved in is a, uh, a community initiative called the um, Such Community Hub. Um, uh, such stands for S-A-C-H. Such means truth in, in Punjabi and some and other South Asian languages. And um, it, it also stands for South Asian Community Hub, right? It's an acronym there. And it's, uh, so what we've begun is a, um, an organization that is really an umbrella organization. We're bringing together um, uh, agencies uh, that are doing good work in the community already. They're providing service, whether it's mental health, uh, counseling, um, really helping the most vulnerable in our community, um, homelessness, uh, poverty, um, food security, um, wide range of uh, services bringing them together so we can work, um, you know, in an integrated way and uh, in a collaborative way to help uh, more people because um, there are still, there are barriers and sometimes the, 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 it could be racial barriers, it could be linguistic barriers um, that are uh, preventing people from uh, getting uh, service, the services that they need, social services, uh, healthcare services, mental health services. And uh, so they're falling through the cracks. And um, so, you know, and part of the reason is that, um, that you know, uh, maybe we don't have this integrated model in our community where kind of a one-stop shop where people can turn to for help. And, and other communities have used this model and it's been successful, uh, indigenous community and, um, uh, 
and uh, also, um, you know, I, th I think even the, the Muslim community on its, like what you're doing with the Muslim food bank, for example, there, um, I know it is the food bank, but you are, you are helping the community in other ways as, as well. Um, and, and we'd love to work to collaboratively with, with, with the food bank. Uh, so we're right now, we are still working to, to bring more uh, uh, partners on board. Um, and we're um, speaking with government, we're having meetings with provincial government, with the city government, with federal, and, um, and then, of course, reaching out to the community as well. So we're still in these initial stages of, uh, of, of building support, raising awareness about what we're doing. Uh, we don't have a permanent physical location yet for uh, South Asian Community Hub uh, that requires some funding and and um so we're that's uh what we're working on now um but i will tell people that uh if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing to check out our website at uh, suchbc.ca that's s-a-c-h-b-c.ca and you can again learn more about what we're doing and more importantly uh if you or anyone in your life uh, needs any sort of help um, you can contact us through the website uh, there's an email address there and uh, and we're there to support anyone in any kind of need and 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 again i think uh, as we you and i had spoken about uh, uh, with our values being aligned where really to meaningfully help people is to help them comprehensively, as you said, with mental health. And if there's a, a food issue, uh, food security, if there's, uh, you know, just helping people in whatever which way resumes, uh, employment, yeah. jobs. Uh, because a holistic, a holistic approach is what we like to say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I, I wanted to just touch on influences and, and even role models. And, and uh, you talked about when you wrote your first book, I'm sure there are poets and writers that that inspired you. Uh, let's talk about your role models and, and your influences. Living or dead? Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm going to start with my parents. Um, you know, just <laughs> starts at home. Uh, and what they influenced me in is um, a number of things. So my parents were both teachers uh, in India before they, before they came here. They, they were teachers, um, you know, high school teachers, um, and um, they never, uh, they weren't able to continue teaching when they came to Canada. It was all about when they came in the early 70s. Um, it was about survival, right? And uh, just making enough, uh, getting a job right away, making enough to, to, to live, pay the rent and, um, and uh, get started in, in life here. And so they weren't able to continue their education or, you know, uh, and, um, and go into the teaching profession here. Uh, but uh, education was, was always uh, a priority for them. And they they instilled that in myself and my sister. I have one older sister. Um, and uh, from day one, you know, books were always, um, you know, everywhere in our house. You know, my our house was a, was a library, like, you know, of um, just all kinds of books, uh, history books, uh, novels. And, um, and they never, if, if, you know, 
if we ever asked for a book, the answer would never be no. It was, it was always a yes for a book. You know, we'd have to negotiate a bit for toys and things like that. But for, for books, it, like they, they never said no. And um, so that, 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 of course, had an influence. I, of course, now I went on to become a teacher. But um, it was uh, along with the education. The education, they didn't just limit to like a school education. It was like they, they found ways to teach the community like outside of being in a school, right? They, they participated in community events and, and they, would, they took it upon themselves to be representatives for the Sikh community and to, to um, at least be that one voice at an event that would share about our culture and our traditions, right? Or come into, you know, even in a school, they would come into my school and um, do a, turban tying demonstration or a sari tying demonstration and you know uh, and you know probably for the first time I mean this is you know I remember in the early 80s in elementary school and they you know and that was an you know uh, an eye-opener for um, for for people in Burnaby uh, uh, in my elementary school and the teachers and but it, it really helped break you know uh, break barriers and build bridges in the community. And um, that, you know, got me on the path of uh, being involved in the community. So of, of doing seva, you know, seva means service uh, in, the, in the Sikh tradition. And uh, so it was all about giving back to the community. Uh, my dad and mom, they were just as busy volunteering in the community as they were with their, with, with their careers. And their, and their jobs. And um, I find my dad, who's now retired, is probably busier now <laughs> in his retirement and all, and all the, the community service uh, he does, um, and, uh, which, is, which is great to see. And he's inspired uh, me, not just myself, but uh, many other people uh, to do that. And it's because of, that's what he was taught. When he first arrived, you know, it was Canada Day, 1972. July 1st, 1972, he arrived in Victoria uh, after a long, you know, many uh, connections along the way from India. And, uh, and the first thing that he said when he you know, got here, one of his friends here, um, actually one of his closest friends was the former uh, city councilor. Back then they called them aldermen, uh, former alderman from Vancouver. He was the first and only, unfortunately, he's the only South Asian um, city councillor in Vancouver history. His name is Seti Pendagore. Wow. And this was in the 70s he was elected and he was elected to two terms. And there hasn't been anyone that looked like me or you since uh, elected to Vancouver City Hall, which is a shame. I mean, you, you know, so it shows we've still got work to do. That's why, you know, we're still breaking barriers and, and um, we're, we're not done yet, right? So, but he, he was the first back then. And, and so, and he was a friend of his and very educated. He was a, um, like Dr. Seti Pendagori's PhD. And uh, he, uh, he told him, uh, get out of your house right and get into the community like that's the first thing he told them like get involved in the community get politically involved and he you know he he joined um you know he was, he's been ndp since day one and and regardless of what party you belong to or what you know it, it's i i think it's important to 
be involved in the civic affairs of our community and you know um, know what's going on. Um, you don't have to run in, in an election, although he did. <laughs> My dad did run in an election. He ran for school board in the mid 90s and uh, he, he fell short by a couple hundred votes. He ran uh, um, for school board and in the same election, uh, uh, Sav Daliwal, who's a, a longtime city councillor in Burnaby, he ran for his first time uh, for city council. Both of them fell short uh, by a, a few hundred votes. And um, the, the rest of the, uh, their slate, the Burnaby Citizens Association is the name of our local party, the rest of the slates won. So the rest of the city count mayor and city council won their slate um, and uh, the rest of the school board slate won. But the two South Asian candidates didn't win. So Sav, you know, good for him. He, he kept going and, and he won the next time. And it might've even taken one more time after that, but he, he won and now he's, I think he's had about four terms, uh, four or five. And, um, uh, but my, my dad never ran again. So he only ran that one time and um, then he, and he didn't ran. And you ran and you became, you became. Yeah, so that's where the stick comes full circle that. So in 2011, uh, he encouraged me to, to run. You know, I was already a teacher. I was, of course, involved in education. I knew all the issues. And I had always been politically active and volunteering in the community. And so um, there was an opening for the school board. Uh, my dad and others encouraged me to run. And so um, I got elected um, in 2011. I served uh, two terms up to 2018. I became the vice chair of the school board. Um, so it was a great experience for those seven years. Um, now I'm back to civilian life and, <laughs> and we'll see what the next uh, chapter holds. I'm, I'm not closing the doors on um, making another run politically in uh, some way if the opportunity presents itself, definitely. And you, you uh, had the opportunity uh, because I, I did uh, spend one year in Inman Elementary School, which is in Burnaby, and we lived on Bond Street nearby uh, Central Park, so kind of a childhood uh, a neighborhood of mine, so uh, very diverse now, but, but it was very racist back then. We used to have uh, neighbors that were, uh, let's just say, uh, didn't like brown people and would break our windows, and it was just the altercations and what have you, so I'm sure you remember those times, and, uh, and so now, you know, we're at 2021, and, you know, the arc of 1972, the 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, so a lot has changed, uh, a lot of good things have happened, but that, but there are still other challenges that are still there. Now, in terms of anti-racism and, and that work, and, and let's talk about that and how you got into anti-racism as, as, as a work. Yeah, well, I think first off, you know, when, when I became active in, in the community and, and uh, you know, uh, working on different causes, uh, one is, I, I, you know, anti-racism was, al was always, uh, one of the, I think, priorities for, for, for myself, um, the work that, you know, that my family had done. Um, and, um, but it was more, it was always about bringing people together um, and um, uh, educating others, right? Like taking that 
approach, right? That a lot of the, um, you know, hatred is like built on fear, right? Fear of the unknown. And then, you know, and that leads to mistrust. And, um, and so, so just helping to, to, to get rid of that, you know, ignorance. Uh, um, but often it's because people just haven't been exposed um, to, you know, to many people from different cultures. And of course, now we live in such, such a, like probably the most diverse part of the world here, right? There's really, there's really no excuse, but, but like you said, it, times were different back, back then. And um, so I don't think we had the word for it back then, but now we do. And, and the word, um, it's another R word and it's re representation. And I think uh, when we talk about representation, we're talking about like, so, you know, representation in, in literature that we see um, our stories uh, reflected in, in, in books, in textbooks, uh, picture books, novels, like kids, kids see themselves and, and are, you know, and um, their experiences are validated and uh, they can relate. Um, and then they, you know, they get a sense of pride and a sense of belonging um, and not just newcomers to Canada, um, but kids like, you know, I was born here and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, this is a very Canadian story. This is my story. And this is a very Canadian story. Right. And, and, um, because Canada is made of people from all over the world. Right. And, um, uh, so it's, it's, um, that's where I think the thinking has shifted that, and, that we're now we're demanding that you know we be represented um, in life as well, of course, in leadership roles, and be given uh, and not not in token positions and not you know a, a symbolic representation, but you know actually at the table making uh, decisions. Um, you know, I see it in the education system here, you know, so it's, it's great. I, I teach in a school with um, probably 90% South Asian population here. And um, it's important for someone like me to be in the school and, and, and um, other teachers that, you know, uh, have walked in the shoes of these families that, in our community, right? Um, and um, and and same with you know having principals and and at the in the um, at the district level and the school school board level. So it it's that's all important. Um, so I've always been you know a believer like you know put myself out there uh, to be to be a role model for youth, especially because um, you know it, you're sure to inspire someone. And, you know, if, it, and um, it, what, like when I was elected to school board, um, you know, I know that I was the first, um, I was the first uh, turbaned politician really elected at any level. Um, I know, and school board often, you know, doesn't get a lot, a lot of attention, but even to, even, even I didn't know that when it, when it happened, that there hadn't been anyone else um, and now I'm glad to see, you know, we have MPs uh, from BC, you know, we have uh, uh, and some of my friends, uh, Randeep Sarai is an MP and our Minister of Defense, Harjit Sajjan, another friend I grew up with, um, and uh, the federal leader of the NDP, uh, Jigmeet Singh, who now makes his home in, uh, in Burnaby South. So, um, 
and, and you know, and from all communities, I think you know they're they're, and I don't want to just look inward. Like representation uh, is important for all, for all communities, and the and the the struggle and the battle against racism is is a team effort, right? It's a joint effort. It's not um, okay. Well, you know, we're we're doing fine, and and our community, you know, isn't being targeted. Uh, so we're we're gonna we're not we're we're gonna move on to some other issue. No, um, look at what's happening with the anti-Asian hate. It's on the right rise right now, right? Um, and um, anti-black racism, and that's come to the fore over the last year. Um, you know, it's and so. A lot has uh, a lot has come under the microscope and during the um, this pandemic, and um, uh, so you know we have to we have to stand together, right? And um, that you know your struggle is my struggle, and an injustice, you know anywhere is an injustice everywhere right and um uh, you know our freedoms are are interconnected our rights are interconnected and if we let um you know if we let our neighbors rights be uh, infringed upon and trampled on and taken away well uh, we could be next right uh so that sense of solidarity and i see that i see that i see you know when it was the you know black lives matter uh, you know the marches were going on and i was seeing you know gurdwaras there i was seeing uh uh not just youth from our community but like you know our kind of our our institutions were taking part in those in, in, in those marches and and they're raising their voice you know when we're seeing uh, um, asian um, uh, hate on the rise in, in the greater Vancouver area, like around North America, but you even see what's happening in, in Vancouver and Burnaby and Surrey and the police departments are, are reporting um, 300, 500, 700% rise, <laughs> some cases in, in hate crime. So uh, we can't be silent about that, right? There's a, that's almost, that's almost worse, right? Like when you're, um, there's a saying saying silence is violence yeah silence is violence we talk i talk in our when i talk about these issues in in with my students i talk about uh i related to to bullying and being a bystander and when you see you know bullying um you know you want to be a good a friend you want to be someone who stands up to it and just because you're not being picked on um if 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 you're a bystander and and don't say anything well that that makes you just as bad and um so um so i talk about it in those terms to to my grade five students um, and then they get it when we're talking to older uh youth we you know we start using terms like um, allyship and being an ally and an advocate and um and eventually, you know, anti-racist, right? And um, and that requires you to take action. And it's not it's not good enough to be non-racist. You can't just oh, I'm not racist. Well, but if you if you just stop it right there and uh, say because well, I'm not racist, I don't need to worry about anything. Well, then you're you're condoning um, the racism that we see is you know is out there in our community. 
right? And so we want to be part of the solution and not just accept the status quo because it won't just go away on its own, right? It's always taken courage and, um, and people speaking out, whatever, however you do it, you know, maybe using social media platforms, right? Creating your own podcast, um, you know, writing a book, uh, uh, participating in a, in, um, in a march, um, but, you know, or how we vote, right? That's important too. So, uh, it, but it's important to, to be involved. So that was a long answer to my influences and, and how we got to share that. It's powerful. And, and again, with your parents being such a, a, a tireless advocates of, of, of education and uh, social justice and community involvement and community understanding, because it takes something to take the first step. Like when you don't know somebody to put your hand out and say, hello, my name is so-and-so, or can I come and meet you. I think that first step, a lot of people have trouble with, and I wanna commend your parents and obviously yourself that, that they take that step, that taking that first step is the hardest part for most people, uh, which is really what, what, what the world needs is somebody to take those steps. And, and so, and your steps that you've taken with, uh, with youth work, with, uh, and, and you said something about representation and representation in arts and literature. And, and that was powerful representation in politics and the power structures, representation in education. Uh, you and I grew up in a time on TV. Um, we didn't see uh, we didn't see brown guys. Uh, we saw Bonanza, Knight Rider, uh, a, a team. We, we, we didn't necessarily see brown guys represented until uh, The Simpsons and Apu was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of stereotypes, a lot of stereotypes, um, uh, and it's getting better, but uh, definitely need to see more diversity on our on our televisions, you know, in our movies and and um, and books, like we said. Uh, but it and like complex, you know, co complex character characters, because we're all complex people and not one side, not one dimensional um, stories and characters, right? Because um, then then that's actually doing more harm than good, right? We don't want to uh, proliferate the stereotypes. We want representation that is real, authentic, right? Genuine, yeah. And, 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 and we, we talk about South Asian and you know how the term is a catch-all. And as we know, India, so diverse, like so diverse, the states, the cultures, the languages, the cuisines and, and, and Pakistan and Bangladesh all used to be one country at one point uh, pre-partition. And mm -hmm. so Punjab also is, is where my, my family's from and uh, the English being five rivers and there's such a, a rich, history that we as, as, as uh, Sikhs, Hindus, Muslims have together and that we're here now in Canada. And uh, yeah. just also to bring up uh, the journey of, of my grandparents to uh, in 1904 from Punjab to uh, Aberdeen, Washington, and then meeting again, people with brown skin at that time was very, not very common in, in, in those times. So anyone who was from the old country, it was that uh, people gravi gravitated, hey, you got brown skin, hey, we're, we're in the same kind of club. There was no, 
there's no barriers there. And uh, so even uh, one of my uncles in 1959 founded the first mosque in, in Western Canada and uh, the Sikh community helped build it uh, because the Sikh community was was uh, in Kitsilano originally. And uh, and so because of their friendship and brotherhood, uh, the, the, the first mosque got off the ground and uh, still there today. And, uh, and so this type of thing for over decades and now we're here in, 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 in the country of Canada in the Canadian context where there's so many countries that, that you mentioned earlier, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans, the, the black people, the uh, First Nations. So as we are here and, uh, and we talk about injustice to one is injustice to all. And so our First Nations uh, brothers and sisters and really understanding them, let's talk about First Nations reconciliation and how we ourselves can do our, our part as, as guests on this land to, to uh, show solidarity and reconcile with our First Nations hosts. Yeah, um, so important, right? Like uh, we, we could never forget that, you know, we're all, we're all settlers uh, here and um, on, you know, on unceded traditional territory, uh, the, the uh, First Nations people. Um, and um, it's, it's good, it's good uh, to see that, um, again, even, and I'll, yeah, I use the term South Asian, uh, that's such a, <laughs> again, such a broad uh, term, right? Um, but, um, if I look at even um, uh, Sikh community and the and their gurdwaras, they they are uh, starting to you know they they have already begun you know doing the you know acknowledging the land when we when we have our um, our nagar kirtans and our, you know our our um, uh, auspicious days and uh, gatherings at uh, whether it's a gurdwara or in the community and. Uh, so th th that's that's good to see and um, you know that helps build that intercultural trust right um, and um, it's uh, I just want to go back to um, what you were saying about the South Asian community and the diversity within our own community it's so true and uh, that's one of the things I try to uh, get across to my class that uh, and I know you like I said I, I teach Punjabi to them but I, t I like to talk about um, the history and the geography and how do we come to get here and like how, how um, and when we talk about Punjab you know and Punjab well the, did you know there's two Punjabs right there's a there's Punjab on the Pakistan side and there's Punjab on the Indian side in Indian side and uh, um, and they're you know how many millions of Punjabi speakers there are in Pakistan, right? Like, it's, and um, and and they're not all they're not all Sikh, right? There, there's there's Muslim speaking Punjabi and him and um, um, uh, or sorry, uh, Punjabi speaking <laughs> uh, Muslims and uh, Punjabi speaking Hindus and and, and so because uh, we, there's you know these are our identities and uh, just but we're we can't just, you know, we, you know, kids, they, they sometimes, um, you know, they, they don't know, right, until we expose them to the complexity of our own, you know, uh, backgrounds, you know, and uh, how India is a multicultural place itself, 
right? And um, so it's important, uh, important to really uh, dig into that. Um, and uh, yeah, so diversity, uh, you know, diversity is important to, to explore. Um, but and also to look inward uh, that um, within that, we can, uh, when we talk about racism and discrimination and biases and prejudices, um, we need to look in the mirror too, right? Um, because especially again, when I talk to my class, I have two, I think two kids in the class who are not uh, South Asian, right? Who are not brown. And so uh, when I talk at this, and you know, when I talk to them about things like racism, well, they're really not going to experience too much of it in this setting, in this in this neighborhood, in this school. Um, but um, but we, you know, the danger is for them to develop, um, um, you know, possibly racist attitudes uh, towards other communities. Right, because of the, you know not being, um, you know not having opportunity to maybe like to attend a, a, as multicultural a school as I had the opportunity to attend in Burnaby when I was growing up, and so I take it upon myself to bring you know um, books that uh, share experiences you know um, of Asian Canadians or 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 Black Canadians um, and uh, bring those into the class. Right, we need uh, you know so. Um, that that's important, right? So they at least get that exposure and that uh, start to start to develop that understanding and uh, and empathy for people of different cultures and make connections too that we we actually have a lot more in common, right? Um, than we than maybe they realize, and uh, but also when we talk about our own, you know our own social circles and our families. Um, so we gotta, you know, we gotta examine the prejudices that we hold too, you know, and, and sometimes it's it's just subtle things. It's the language we use and and maybe, you know, we, being mindful and not letting things slide, you know, that like, are we being anti-racist uh, in our own lives, you know, when when we're not on social media, when we're not, you know, out in public, right? And, um, uh, you know, and just kind of calling it out in our own family. It's just hard to do. It's not an easy thing to do, but like, um, uh, you know, well, so I think it's important because it starts, it starts at home, right? And um, uh, so we have to be, we have to have those hard discussions and uh, uh, by looking in the mirror and, and, um, and then, being that example that we, you know, we we want others to follow. Yeah, and and I think we we grew up in a time when casual racism and racist comments were were common uh, about other cultures and 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 base and uh, and uh, and to hear it uh, in in a social context and to hear a word that's derogatory to to. Uh, you know, and then you you start to think, whoa, hey, you know, it, one thing is to to not like it internally, but to now say, you know what, uh, I I don't appreciate that language, or I don't, you know, that 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 it, that's not acceptable to 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 say something like that, and and I think that does take courage and uh, to to stand up even when somebody says something that could be, 
somebody that we know very well. And then uh, just overall, most people I think are good, but when somebody makes a comment about another community, another race, another religion, and then you're just like, hey, wait a minute, if we're uh, about caring for our communities, we have to care for others and, and give everyone their equal due of respect. Yeah, uh, for sure, 100%. Um, yeah, and it, but it does take courage, you know, but I think, I think there's, uh, we, we're starting to see more of a climate of people, um, you know, they've, people have had enough and, and they are calling out uh, racism um, in, the, in, in workplaces and in the media um and um and which which is good and um and and people are, are rallying together um so that's important and sometimes it's not it's not the overt racism right it's not the um and we probably see less of that now like uh um it's it's more the subtle racism um things like when people are asked to maybe you know change their uh, change their names because your name's too hard to pronounce or yeah. or yeah those types of things and um or um you know or you know it's important to have your name pronounced correctly you know i talked to my students about that you know and um uh and i want to know how to pronounce your name if i'm not saying it correctly tell me and you know have that courage to tell your teachers or you know and be proud of who you are um and uh so those little, those little things, but in, in, in terms of uh, the big picture, we, uh, you know, you can call out racism, individual incidents here and there, but it's really gonna take collective effort and it's gonna take some time to uh, really uh, dismantle systemic racism in our society, right? The, um, that, Kind of is ingrained in even our our laws and our um, political institutions and um, and organizations, corporations, and just um, that culture of um, you know that has uh, fueled bias and uh, um, and really has its roots in in a lot of cases in you know. Um, white supremacy even white privilege uh and uh um just the othering othering of people right and um uh so that that's going to take some time right um uh, and it's gotta i guess you know people who are in those institutions um creating change from within it's going to take political will um, of course, activists uh, raise their voices, um, but um, you know we 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 are seeing changes already. I, I mean, even at the government level, the, I think the provincial government here in BC is recognizing that this is a priority, right? They've made anti-racism a priority. They've created a, um, a well, a whole new. Uh, Portfolio. I know my friend Rachna Singh is now the parliamentary secretary for anti-racism initiatives. So that's a, a brand new position, and she's tasked with creating anti-racism legislation that they hope to, uh, you know, pass uh, as part of their mandate here. And um, and that would apply to how government does business, how you know all public institutions, possibly you know educational institutions, and um, healthcare. 
you know, so I, I'll come back to the work I was doing with the such community hub and um, uh, we're doing what we can to, you know, um, help people not in the South, not only in the South Asian community, but um, other uh, um, people of color and uh, other diverse communities access uh, services that they're entitled to, but maybe because it's not being offered in in, in a certain language or um, or they're being discriminated against even when they're when they're when they are seeking help. Um, <clears throat> so that's uh, it's important we, we you know we're doing that work, but it, it, it's um, if we look at it in a, a higher level, even it's been acknowledged that there is there has been discrimination in the healthcare system for a number of years. Um, First Nations people, we were talking about First Nations community. Uh, so the the racism that they faced um, in uh, in the healthcare uh, um, when they tried to access healthcare, right? So um, uh, and the the uh, whole report came out called "In Plain Sight," right? In, um, Real and Trupon. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Kind of a really a really damning report, but in, with important recommendations uh, moving forward. But it was the government that that um, called for that to happen. You know, the uh, Minister of Health, Adrian Dix, and and so uh, they're acknowledging the problem. Uh, there's reports being written. There's recommendations coming out now. Of course, we all have to hold not only government's feet to the fire, but everyone's feed to the fire that they they act on those recommendations. So um, yeah, but that's again, that's that getting at systemic racism and uh, that, you know, has uh, uh, really seeped into every every sector, right? Uh, so no one is immune to it. Um, and it's, I'm just, you know, it's good that it's being talked about. It's, it's, it's it's at the fore right now and so we need to really seize this opportunity and 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 how uh your work with such and uh, your work uh, beyond in the community that one thing one of our identities is that we're canadian but to also that our ethnic racial or religious heritage is is a deep part of our identity and doesn't have to be minimized that to celebrate our canadianness is to celebrate our racial religious and ethnic origin and bring that to the table that diverse perspective and as you said a lot of these systems and systemic racisms were designed by a certain race, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants that had a certain worldview, not necessarily keeping in mind your view, my view, other Canadians that love our country as much as anybody else, but our perspectives and our needs are are, are similar and different and to to understand. And, and I think by this layered approach um, with education, with culture, with uh, political representation, and uh, and and to meaningfully work with intercultural kind of work that we're doing even right now, that that we're 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 working to bridge the divide, so that uh, that we're allies, and uh, and injustice to one is injustice to all, and 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 I want to say that really this work with, with youth and uh, empowering youth and giving uh, a, a role model and example to youth is so important uh, because when we were growing up, we didn't necessarily 
at least in the public sphere in Canada, there wasn't too many reference points and, 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 and kids need it. We need it uh, because uh, 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 now we're entering into an age which is a different age, which is this social media internet age is polarizing and creating, there's so much disinformation, so, met, so much that's radicalizing people uh, to hate one another and disinformation designed to, to, to mobilize people to even in the real world start to assault people, harm people or kill people. And, and we have to do our part in these forums, which uh, again, thank you for coming onto this podcast because we will disseminate it on multiple social media to reach a wider audience for those that share this type of work. But now there's this frontier that didn't exist when we were growing up, which is this online sphere. Maybe your recommendations and your thoughts based on, because you are talking with the new generation, which is, this is normal for them. They, they grew up with this. We didn't grow up with this. This is their way of life. What have you learned from uh, the students based on what they're seeing online and possible solutions to combat hatred and racism online? Well, um, it's, uh, it's like, yeah, it's the, well, of course, the, the new frontier, right? It's like, um, there's, there's, there's almost no rules out there, right? It's, it's, it's a scary, it's scary for, for, for youth out there. Um, there's so much that they're exposed to, right? Um, you really, as parents, um, we, we, we have to, uh, really be vigilant in, in, you know, what our kids are accessing, um, you know, because they're, they're, they're on all the social media, even at, you know, at, at my uh, class, you know, they're 10 year olds and, uh, you know, they're not supposed to be on some of those social media sites. And, you know, it says, that, <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be maybe 13 and over or whatever it is, but they're, they're already on everything. Right. And it's that it's, it's, we're not going to go backwards there. It's it's giving them the tools to to um, you know know how to stay safe uh, online, um, not not fall into these traps of um, you know uh, getting hooked into that world. Uh, you know where it just breeds hate, right? Um, because uh, you know right now they're 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 blank slates. They're still so impressionable and and. Um, they take everything at face value that they see online. And so it's, um, yeah, it's important to, um, to talk to them, all right, um, about, uh, um, you know, how, again, internet safety, social, um, social media safety, we talk about that. Um, I, um, you know, I think uh, what, what's important they they also they need to know um, you know when we talk about like we talk about bullying we talk about like cyber bullying and um, and it can be racist bullying um, it can be homophobic bullying it can be um, um, take all kinds of forms um, but when it's when it's out there uh, like online um, once you put something out there. Um, like it's never coming back. It's out there for good, right? And so we talk about the consequences of that. Um, and um, I remember having a discussion with um, uh, my class about um, Donald Trump, when as the most powerful man in the free world, getting banned from uh, Twitter, everything, Twitter, Facebook, 
<laughs> Instagram, he, 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 you know, uh, I think even maybe YouTube banned him. I don't, like it was everything, right? And I, I go, if it can happen to him because of the hate that he was uh, spewing and uh, promoting, um, then who are you? <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you? You can be banned from all of that. And even worse, if you, this is, um, uh, there are real consequences in the real world. You could be charged, right? If you are promoting hatred, right? Uh, there is a limit to our free speech, right? You can't incite violence and hatred with your speech. There's a responsibility that comes with it. And um, it, whether it's, you're charged criminally or not, there could be other consequences. Like um, maybe you don't get that scholarship you're trying to get in high school because when someone, someone, uh, uh, someone who's on the scholarship committee, they Google your name and maybe some, uh, uh, something, you know, uh, uh, that, you, that you've said comes up or something, you know, some pictures you posted or some racist meme that you've, you've created comes up, you know, you don't, that could haunt you later on. Uh, so, um, so be mindful of that and, uh, and, and realize, you know, it's, uh, um, yeah, nothing, uh, it's not like, it's not like when we were kids, you know, you just, uh, we didn't have, we, first of all, we didn't have access to those things. They didn't exist. And, uh, you know, you say something uh, to someone, okay, it's just, well, it's words. Well, now, now it's, it's documented. It's out there, right? Someone takes a screenshot um, and it can go viral very quickly. Um, so I think they, they, they get that. Um, you know, um, I, I could actually use Donald Trump as a, as a good example of something that, you know, um, and uh, that usually gets their, their attention. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, and then, you know, I, I, I always like to keep it in balance that social media can also be a positive tool, right? So, okay, using social media, that's great. Well, what, what can we do? Uh, what can we do positively with this tool, right? Can we, um, can we make a difference? Can we um, work towards, a, you know, some cause, you know, um, fundraising, whatever, um, you know, and um, then I point to some real positive examples. Forget about the Donald Trumps. I point, point to some examples like um, uh, Greta Thunberg, the, uh, the environmentalist, or yeah. how, um, how Rihanna, raised her voice in, in support of the farmers protest and just by a simple tweet like you know and it was a little thing but i and i was just and i just use these examples of you know people that they can relate to celebrities that they know and um how they're using their platform in, in a in a positive way and uh so try to inspire them to do the same and and they count Every voice counts. You count, uh, and uh, and I think this new world. We are also digital citizens, so we're citizens of our country. But our conduct online, we're digital citizens, and our code of conduct amongst each other and to each other in the written form, we have to conduct ourselves accordingly and call it out when we see it. Right. Right. Exactly. I. You know. Um, would you say? You know. I again uh, relating to them at their level, like. Um, if you wouldn't say that to someone in, in person, uh, don't say it online, right? And uh, um, 
treat, of course, we get back to golden rules, like treat others how you want to be treated, right? And yeah. so we bring it back to basics. Yeah, and, and so uh, again, I really wanted to thank you, Harmon, for taking your time out uh, to really share your story, your journey, and, and your great public service. And we looking forward to working with you and your book. We actually used to bought your book. So we have the book. I don't have it with me, but we have your book. Uh, and uh, Gurpeet goes to the Gurdwara. And you can pick it up on Amazon. And, uh, and a great story of uh, a Canadian story. And, uh, and our Thank author... You. Harman, Harman Singh Pander, and then also Such Foundation. And if you could just uh, say the website again, Harman. Definitely. Would... Yep, you can uh, look up Such at uh, www.suchbc.ca. That's S-A-C-H-B-C dot C-A. And uh, please uh, look us up and contact us uh, again um, if uh, you or anyone you know is in need of help. Um, uh, you know, we'll respond and uh, we'll get them the help they need. And like you said, uh, please, yeah, check out uh, Gurpreet Goes to Gurdwara, available on Amazon, uh, available even at your public library. And if it's not at your public library or in your child's class, um, ask for it. And because uh, that's my real goal, you know, get it in our school system, uh, classrooms across the country and uh, libraries. I want, it, I, um, I want it to be as accessible as possible. And um, it's um, uh, the more kids that uh, have access uh, to it and, and read it, um, that's, that, that's when we really start building understanding, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you, Harmon, thank you again. And looking forward to working with you onward and forward uh, to, to create a better Canada, create a better lower mainland. Thank you, Harmon. And- uh, Thank you, Tarek. <laughs>